welcome to the Is That So podcast. My name is Sahela and I am the host and chief content officer here at the Is That So podcast. Follow along each week as I share stories, pose questions, and provide insights on various wellness, travel, and relationship topics aimed to help us all navigate through this rapidly evolving modern world a little bit easier. Here at the Is That So podcast, we believe that life should always be a work in progress. So come learn, laugh, and listen in on unfiltered stories and conversations so that we can open new doors to inspiration, happiness, and forward thinking together. Hello, and welcome back to the Is That So podcast. I'm really excited to be recording this episode today because finally I can do it from the comfort of my new at-home studio, aka my closet. Prior to this, I was recording in a proper recording studio downtown, but COVID obviously put an unexpected stop to that. So a few weeks ago, I decided to make the jump and order all the podcasting gear I needed to continue to produce episodes. And so here we are. (laughs) I literally only yesterday received all the things and just in the nick of time too, because I was out of pre-recorded episodes. I like to think that I'm lucky, but perhaps this is also the universe's way of sending me a sign that I'm on the right path. So I'm just really going to enjoy this win. Anyway, so today, since I finally have all the things and am set up, I thought I would take it back to the basics and do a little solo session. I love having guests on, but as the podcast has progressed, I've just been feeling the pull to expand further on the mental health issues that I have battled with and previously mentioned in past episodes, including being diagnosed with PTSD, depression, and anxiety. I know a lot of people are struggling right now with their mental health, and I want you to know that you are not alone. Today, I'm surrounded by family and I'm doing great, but it wasn't too long ago that I had to dig myself out of a very dark place. And by not too long ago, I mean a little over a year ago. If you listen to episode one, where I give my origin story, you already know that I have been through a lot of different traumatic events in the past, including being sexually assaulted. What you don't know is that going through that actually led me to develop PTSD in university, which would only then be exasperated when I would drink. I also would go through serious waves of depression, often lasting months at a time. Also, on a handful of occasions, my anxiety would spiral out of control, leading to a complete meltdown and eventually me hitting rock bottom, so to speak. Both my mom and my boyfriend, Adam, have seen me go through one of these waves, and I'm very thankful that I've had them there to help me. Building a support system is so important, and I feel lucky they are always patient and understanding with me. My anxiety meltdowns typically don't last long. Usually, I'm already in the midst of a depressive state when I start to feel extremely overwhelmed that nothing is going right and everything feels like a struggle. Eventually, another thing goes wrong and like the straw that broke the camel's back, I completely lose control over managing my feelings and any ounce of sensibility or emotional stability I have is overpowered. In real life, that translates to blowing something small completely out of proportion while crying hysterically like something was dramatically ripped away from me and my world is coming to an end, as well as feeling physically sick and barely able to hold myself up. 
Although that kind of spiral hasn't happened to me in a long while, I still remember what it felt like. And if anyone is going through something similar, I want you to know things will get better. And I pray you walk away from this episode with some new tools because I know how hard it is to not have control of your feelings and how sick you may physically feel. And it's honestly the worst. And I just want you to know that my heart goes out to you. Again, for me, it was not too long ago that I had to pull myself out of a dark place. It was really only a little over a year ago that I hit rock bottom. But even before I got there, there were plenty of red flags that I was neglecting to address. Doing so led me to develop a really unhealthy relationship with social media and the content creation industry that I work in. I played the comparison game a lot and talked really negatively to myself to the point where I started to have suicidal thoughts once again. I thought I wasn't creative enough or good enough and could only focus on what was going wrong in my life. Deep-rooted in all of that was a lot of shame and self-blame that resulted in self-confidence issues. I also stopped going to see my therapist and wasn't talking to anyone about how I was feeling, which wasn't helping me address or work through my problems. When it comes to taking medication, I just also want you to know that I'm personally not on any right now for my depression or anxiety. But in the past, and I'm talking like eight, nine years ago, my psychiatrist did prescribe me Wellbutrin, which is an anti-anxiety and antidepressant medication, which I took for several months. After trying it out for those several months, I ended up deciding with her approval to stop taking it because although it helped and definitely worked to keep me more on an even keel, I also wasn't dreaming or getting excited about anything the way I used to. I expressed to her that I wanted to find a natural way to deal with my mental health challenges, and so I got off that medication and have been collecting tools ever since. Since then, I have obviously had slips or relapses as they are harshly referred to, but so many of the tools I'm going to talk about today, I have directly benefited from and continue to do so. So I'm happy to share what works for me with you. If there's even a small chance, it may work for you as well. Also, I'd like to say that since digging myself out of the dark place I was in over a year ago now, I have had a huge growth spurt. I have found the courage and strength to address my past traumas head on so that I can move forward with healing. I've let go of any shame I was harboring and learned what it meant to have compassion and love for oneself. So again, these tools really do work. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> so before we begin, I want you to know that it is just as important to stop doing things for your mental health as it is to start doing things to make it better. Think about it like wanting to get fit and strong so you work out, but then after your workout session, you put something bad in your body. It's counterintuitive, right? So today, I'm breaking my toolbox down into two sections, things you have to stop doing for your head, your body, and your heart, and things that you have to start doing for your head, your body, and your heart. Okay, so let's start with stop. So stop. The first thing I want you to stop doing, and this is for your head, is stop beating yourself up. If you are dwelling on things you didn't do right in the past or are blaming yourself for things that have gone wrong, you need to stop. It's great that you recognize that it wasn't right or that it didn't make you feel good and that that wasn't the person you want to show up in this life as, but you also need to forgive yourself and move on to now be that better version of yourself you ideally want to be. 
Another thing you need to stop doing for your head is playing the comparison game. When you do this, you dishonor your own journey and you are not being fair to yourself. Also, the person you are comparing yourself to doesn't have it all together, as you may think. And since you only see one side of the story, it's an unfair playing ground and you will always lose. I used to do this a lot last year and it really, really affected my mental health. So that's one thing I've definitely stopped doing. There's actually a really great quote from Brenna Brown about this and it goes something like, what you don't need in the midst of struggle is shame for being human. And I really believe this to be true. We are all moving through the world, doing the best we can, and we are all guaranteed to make mistakes and have regrets, but we shouldn't struggle with shame around them for the rest of our lives. We should be compassionate about the fact that we were learning a lesson and forgive ourselves for the mistakes we made so we can move forward, showing up as the person we want to be. The next thing I want you to stop doing, and this is for your body, is isolating yourself and insisting that you can fix things or recover on your own. Although I do commend doing independent work, it cannot replace the professional guidance of a therapist, dietitian, or physician that have had years of experience and training. Further, if you are self-harming, it'll be harder to hide or harder to do it if you are no longer always alone. I am not a cutter, but I have had friends who are, and usually they would be triggered to start cutting when they were alone, and it's just better to surround yourself with people you can talk to versus taking it out on your body. Same with eating disorders. Hiding an eating disorder is harder when you are around people, and it's also easier to get a handle on it if you are talking to someone. So definitely stop isolating yourself and seek out help. I'm obviously a big advocate for therapy, but the thing about therapy is that it involves learning about practices or tools, as I call them, tools that you can then use to build the life of your dreams. So although I commend doing independent work, you also have to learn what those tools are first and use them continuously till you start to form a habit of them. On the other hand, if you know someone who seems to be isolating themselves and you feel the need to help them, reach out to them and let them know that you're there for them if help is needed. Don't do it to the point where it starts to impact your own mental health, but as someone who's been there, knowing that you have an option to reach out to someone makes asking for help a lot easier to do when you are ready. This is actually a beautiful segue because the last thing I want you to do, and this is for your heart, is stop holding on to toxic relationships, including ones with yourself. So unless you have children, and I mean young children, not young adults who should be able to figure stuff out for themselves, but stop putting the needs of others above yourself. And this can sometimes not even be malicious or a conscious thing you are doing. I've done it a lot. I'm really guilty of this, especially when it comes to my mom. I like helping her. I always say yes to any requests that she may have. But sometimes if I'm already overwhelmed, saying no is actually the better answer. Because if it leads me to having a hard time managing the situation and my emotions, it can become the thing that sets me off, which isn't worth it. So I've learned to say no when I feel like I'm already overwhelmed and I can't help her when she asks. On the flip side of that, if you feel like someone is taking advantage of you or is bringing negative energy into your life, say no to that. Just be like, I don't want it. Sorry, you're not welcome here. 
If you feel like you are always giving, helping, or sympathizing with someone else, you may also be enabling. So take stock of whether that relationship is a healthy one and worth keeping or if you need to let it go. In order to do this, you need to set boundaries and stick to them. Every time you say you're going to do something and you don't, you are dishonoring yourself, and that includes letting toxic people back into your life. Obviously, this can be hard to do, especially when you care about someone, but you need to look after your own mental health first and make that a priority before you can help others. So those are all the things I want you to stop doing. Now, the first thing I want you to start doing is being kind to yourself, period. You need to show up for yourself and have some compassion and forgiveness for all the things that you have been through. You also need to be more gentle with yourself and use kind words when talking to yourself. Changing your inner dialogue takes time, and it's a skill that you need to develop, but it makes the world of a difference once you do. This was one of my biggest challenges last year, and I wasn't even always conscious of how frequently negative my thoughts were, but once I started to pay closer attention to them, I could tell myself to stop and correct the course of my thoughts by having more compassion for myself and for others, or by forgiving myself and moving the fuck on. Again, with that Brenner Brown quote, because it is so perfect, what we don't need in the midst of struggle is shame for being human, and it's so true. One thing that wholeheartedly helped me change my inner dialogue was practicing gratitude and affirmation techniques. I know they sound really hokey, and I was a total skeptic at the beginning too, but they truly do help you shift your mindset. Essentially, when you put out positivity into the world, you become open to receiving positivity and it helps shift your energy from negative to positive. That is why changing your thoughts from what isn't going right to what you're grateful for and what is going right is a positive shift that will help bring more positive energy into your life. Also, practicing affirmations helps to change your inner dialogue so that you can believe in your strengths and capabilities again. And this can be as simple as writing affirmations on sticky notes and sticking them to your bathroom mirror so that every time you're in the bathroom, you are reminded to practice having more positive thoughts. I can post a few of the ones I like to use in the show notes if anyone is interested. Okay, so that was all for your head. So now for your body. One thing I want you to start doing is interacting with people or close family that don't trigger you and be a good friend to them. Again, you want to start building a life where you are surrounded by more positive energy and much like karma, in order to do that, you need to practice acts of kindness. This includes being kind to others, lending a helping hand, being charitable, and I don't mean like you have to give all your money away, you can donate clothes, um, compliment someone else, do something for someone else. There is actually a lot of pleasure in giving to others. And for someone like me who battled with their negative inner dialogue, it actually helped reinstill positive messaging that I am a good person worthy of love and a place in this world. So I definitely think performing acts of kindness does help. Another thing I did was I also started to use social media more responsibly. I started following more mental health accounts that have good messaging like us at Is That So Podcast. I hope you guys are all following me. (laughs) And I find that in many ways, these accounts made me feel more heard and less alone in my struggle. 
before when I would play the comparison game, it would be more about what do they have that I don't have? Whereas these accounts, I don't have to do that. And I'm again, happy to list a few of my favorites in the show notes if anyone is interested. Additionally, another thing I want you to do is ask for help from a professional. Call a helpline or find a therapist. Keeping your feelings or illness a secret doesn't help anyone and only perpetuates the destructive cycle you are in. I know now during COVID, there is an Instagram account called Talkspace that offers free therapy for anyone looking for someone to talk to. And I know it can get quite expensive to get help, which is a whole other issue that irks me, but we're not going to get into that right now. And anyways, this IG account may be a good place to start. So again, I'll add it to the show notes if anyone is interested. And I'm also happy to provide a website that has a list of all the helplines globally that you could reach out to. So you can easily access that via the show notes as well. Another thing that always helps me when I start to feel anxious and overwhelmed is using grounding techniques, which may sound fancy, but all you're really doing is using all of your senses to ground yourself. I always find that using this particular grounding technique is a great way to focus more on the present and calm any anxiety you are feeling. So essentially, you start with listing. So five things you can see, four things you can hear three things you can feel, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste. By the time you reach the end, you feel way calmer and better able to deal with whatever is overwhelming you. I've done this while driving, so it's easy to do, and it can really be a great help, especially when your thoughts are spiraling in a negative direction and you want to change course. So moving on, one thing I want you to start doing for your heart is treating yourself better and practicing acts of self-love. Listen to your body. How does it feel? Have you been treating it nicely? Did you move it today? Did you feed it nutritional things that it needs and can process? I know for me, especially being back at my family home during COVID, I'm eating all the time. And that includes things I don't typically eat a lot of, like carbs. As a result, I started to feel really bloated and gassy until finally I said to myself that I don't feel good and I need to stop. And so I did. Now I'm exercising more, eating better, and feeling a lot less sluggish and heavy, which has really impacted my mood in a positive way. Also, doing things like hydrating more, getting outside for some vitamin D, finding some healthy recipes to try, or randomly doing Easy exercises like jumping jacks or going for a walk are all great baby steps. Further, getting some rest if your body is asking you to take it easy. If you have a hard time falling asleep, I recommend relaxing music. I like to listen to waves crashing on a beach. And there are so many great apps out there full of different sounds to help you calm down. I've also read books and listened to audiobooks as well as a way of falling asleep, and I'm a big fan of Audible. And previously, actually, while I was working in my fashion studio, I would listen to so many books, and I loved it, and I definitely need to do more of it again. Also, going back to practicing acts of self-love, it can be as simple as having a morning routine. So get up, take a shower, get dressed, and put yourself together. It's a wonderful way to feel ready for the day and prepared for whatever the day may throw at you. Another thing I love to do for my heart is dance therapy. That's right. Dance like nobody is watching or like everyone is watching, in my case, over on TikTok. 
I love learning and doing all the dances that are trending on that app. It's one of my favorite new content creation outlets for sure. And it's a great way to move my body. Also, stretching the body is great for any tension you're feeling and discomforts. And of course, it's great exercise. Lastly, and I know this might be completely obvious, but pamper yourself a little more and do something nice for yourself. This can look different for everyone, but it can also be as simple as lighting a candle and using it to ignite your olfactory senses and enjoy an aroma that you find pleasant. On the other hand, you can also get yourself a haircut or take a nice long bath, whatever you need. Now, I know being productive can be hard for some people during this time, but for me, I find that it really helps with my mental health. So here are some things I do for my head, body, and heart. First thing I like to do is organize my mind and life. I don't journal per se, but I do make a ton of lists, wish lists, to-do lists. And what I'm essentially doing with these lists is I am organizing my thoughts and aspirations so I can prioritize what I need to do now and feel less anxious about tackling all these things. I also like to organize my space and go on a cleaning binge. Um, I'll organize my finances and make a budget. If I'm feeling anxious about money, I'll create a positive workspace that enables me to concentrate better. For me, I don't like working in a noisy environment, so I need to find somewhere quiet and with nice lighting that will create a workspace that I actually want to sit at and can be productive at. Also, one of my productivity hacks is actually using a calendar app or agenda to plan out your day. And I mean plan out all of your day, including meals, walks, showers, all those activities. Put them in there because for me, I get anxious when I have a list of stuff to do and I never feel like there's enough time in the day to do it. And that's because there isn't enough time in the day. So once you start to put everything into your calendar, you can see how much you can physically complete in a day and you stop beating yourself up for not being able to do everything on your list. And then it also helps you see your own progress. So you can later go back and be like, okay, well, I can actually see how I moved the needle forward. Um, so that's one of my favorite productivity hacks. And just generally, Keeping a routine, getting up, showering, getting dressed and going, those are all great things that, you know, are a great way to organize your life and your mind. I also find that finding ways to receive lots of small wins is a great way to inject positivity into your life. So this can either be doing puzzles, solving a problem, fixing something around the house, doing a Sudoku puzzle or a word cross, anything to give you some positive reinforcement and get your brain firing. I also like to get crafty or learn a new skill. So maybe you have been wanting to try gardening, painting, drawing, or even just doodling. Anything tactile, really, like knitting. I recently learned how to press flowers and made a card for my mom for Mother's Day, and it was so fun and easy. I even included it in my Mother's Day blog post, which if you didn't see it, I'll post it in the show notes, but it is honestly so easy, and it made me realize that I'm never going to throw out old blooms ever again because they can be so beautifully upcycled. So I definitely recommend checking that out if you um, want to learn something new and easy. Being productive can also look like getting outside and going for a hike or a bike ride or a run. I've always been a big believer in the power of exercise and especially when it comes to work. 
I often find moments of clarity when I am exerting myself and tend to find the solution to a problem that I'm having when I'm going for a run. So I definitely recommend adding exercise into your routine as well. Lastly, before I go, I just wanted to reiterate to you to practice patience with yourself. You will continue to face challenges, but each time you face a challenge, you will grow a little. Remember, every tiny step forward is still a step forward. You may even slip or relapse in some way because you found a trigger you previously weren't aware of, but it will also lead you down a path of finding the root of that problem and do the necessary healing so that next time it's not as effective of a trigger. Eventually, you will start to know yourself better and actually start to challenge yourself to step out of your comfort zone so that you can become stronger. Also, I just wanted to let you know that I am running a 30-day mental health challenge, which you are welcome to participate in. It essentially is a template that you can pin to Pinterest using your stories or print out that gives you a task to do each day that will help bring more positive energy into your life. If you are up for the challenge, you can head to my show notes and sign up and you'll be sent the template in an email. All right. Well, I hope you all are walking away with some new tools. And if you have any questions, feel free to slide them into my DM. I wish you guys all a pleasant week and I look forward to catching up again next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Is That So podcast. For more information on this episode and all past episodes, you can check out my show notes on isthatso.com or follow me on Instagram at isthatso. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show your personal support to the podcast, simply leave a review on iTunes or screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your stories. All right, friends, that's it. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of the Is That So podcast. And I look forward to hanging out with you again soon.